the first episode of 2022 and I'm super, super excited. I feel like anyone who knows me knows that I love to learn from uh, actually talking to people. Like I don't do reading. I don't do, I, not that I don't do reading. That's a lie. I enjoy reading, but I like to learn from people. And today I'm with Laura Clark, who I happen to work with. I have the privilege of working with. <laughs> Sometimes. And, no, privilege. privilege but... <laughs> Um, what I loved about meeting Laura was how easy it was to just get into a conversation. And one of the first things I ever learned about Laura was that she was freezing her eggs. And I just was like, pun? What? <laughs> like, let's talk about that. But before we get into it, um, Laura, do you want to introduce yourself and maybe just give our listeners a, a bit of an insight into yourself and what you do? Yep. So, um, my name is Laura Clark, <laughs> um, and I'm from New Zealand. Um, originally, I've been in London for 10 years now. Did not think I would be here this long, but I absolutely love it. Definitely home. Um, and so, what do I do? Like, I mean... What have you done? What, what do you have do I do done? So, I'm... Well, I work with Christina. I have the privilege of working with Christina. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, I'm a complaint specialist, which I really enjoy um, most of the time. Um, and I also, in my spare time, like to write and act um, and play netball and tag rugby and all sorts of random things. Um, but, yeah, but I'm... The, the reason why I guess I froze my eggs, do you want to know that? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to yeah, ask I was gonna say. So the reason why I looked into freezing my eggs, like how it kind of came about is I actually had one of my best friends from New Zealand move over and um, she's a couple of years older than me. It's actually her birthday today. Have you messaged her? I have, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did remember, thankfully. Um, but yeah, and so she moved over and she um, was telling me that she was looking into freezing her eggs. And I was like, oh. And then one of my other best friends, she had had a fertility test done a few years ago when we were like 33. And um, so, yeah, so it was kind of like when I was like 34, 35, it kind of started getting in my head, shit, I'm like getting older um, unfortunately, as you do. But, like, while I still feel young, I know that, like, my body clock and, like, having kids mm. and stuff, that doesn't wait for anyone. Um, so, yeah, so I started thinking about it and then my friend had suggested to me this thing called uh, freeze and share. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea because it was free. Um, so I looked into it and then I was like, oh, actually, no, we should take some time to decide what to do. But, yeah, so I just thought, actually, I'm single. I think I want children. Mm -hmm. um, well, no, I, do, I know I want to be a mother, mm -hmm. but I think that comes in many different forms. I don't think you necessarily have to have your own biological mm -hmm. children, um, but I definitely want the option. Um, so, yeah, so I thought, let's give that a go. So just to go back, if you yeah. were in a relationship, yeah. is that something that you would have still considered or is it something that you wouldn't have done? I mean, oh, that's a very interesting question. Um... I think it depends on the relationship. Like, I'm not ready for a child now. Like, um, I have things I want to achieve in my life. And I think that's the unfortunate thing for women um, is your body has a point where it, like, literally goes downhill very drastically mm -hmm. um, in, in relation to having children. I actually found out men's do as well. It's just about 10 years later. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so I think for me... I I probably still would have done it, yes, because I kind of like, I don't want to have kids yet. Um, and the, what I learned from this, pro one of the things I learned from this process is it's not about like your uterus and womb or whatever, 
whatever, um, being able to house a baby. It's about the quality of your eggs and that changes from the age of 35. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still have a baby in your, you know, 40s, 50s if you want to. Um, you can, like, grow a baby, but it's just whether you have the eggs available to do it. Mm. And this is why, I, for me, I felt like we should have this conversation because even just talking to you, like, at work and we talk about it in our, you know, our weeklies or whatever, mm. like, lunch times or whatever. <laughs> really Not saying that's what's about our weekly, but, you know. But I just feel like... <laughs> I've seen you'd say so much and we'll get into it. But my Mm. point is, if I didn't speak to you, I wouldn't have known. I don't know why, but like I wouldn't have just picked up and looked into it and said, oh, this is an option that I have. I probably Mm. would have waited for something to happen before I looked into it. Mm. So did that happen to you or was that just something you knew you wanted to do? Like you... So, I mean, that's the thing, like, I, I, and I think this is the thing that kind of, like, sucks in a way, is that women don't talk about this. Like, the national average age for a woman having their first child is now over 30. Mm. Um, and that's the big problem. Like, we're going, we're going into a position where, like, people don't even know if they want to have children anymore, and they're definitely wanting to have them later in life because they want to experience life more. Yeah. Like, um, you know... And, you know, every different choices for everyone, and, like, I don't judge anyone on their choices. Like, if you want to have children young... That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not what happened for me. But as I say, I don't want to, like, get to a point where I'm like, oh, I definitely can't. Would I have, like, thought about doing it if my friends hadn't talked to me about it? Potentially no. Um, And then I would have probably done, which I know has happened to a lot of women, gotten to, like, 37, 38, and it had been too late. Mm. Um, Well, not too late necessarily, but a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Even when I've done it now, it's it's not panned out the way I thought it would. Mm. Um, Like... Parts of it have been really great and parts of it not so much. But, yeah, I think it's just something that people should definitely talk about more mm-hmm. because the problem is, is it is something that people don't think about until it is. And that's what I mean. Late. And I think that's why it's good to talk about it because mm. I feel like, as you said, you've learned from your friends and learning mm. from you. It's like if I hear someone say something now, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I work with someone who who's done this and this is what they've said or, like, mm. let, me ask, let me ask for you and so mm. on. So, like... In your case, Mm. talk us through the process. Mm -hmm. Like, just, yeah, talk us through the process. So, yeah, so I think the thing is as well is that, like, so what I did that was a little bit different is I did um, something called egg freeze and and share. So what that means is um, you, if you are under the age of 36, Mm -hmm. you can um, donate your eggs to other women. And so this is, these are women who um, can't use their own eggs for whatever reason. Some people are born not being fertile, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, couldn't even imagine. But like, and then also there are people who have left it too late or, you know, their eggs aren't viable for genetic reasons or, you know, things like that. So people need them. Like Mm -hmm. they want to, you know, grow a baby. They don't want to adopt or whatever. Um, So, yeah, so they need to use people's eggs. So if you do that, all you need to do is pay for is the fertility test. And I kind of thought, you know what, why not? That would be a nice thing to do, like to help other people and stuff like that. And like, as I say, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's just do it because it's, it's cheaper. <laughs> but then I kind of thought, oh, actually, no, hold on, Laura, let's not rush into it like you do with some things. This is like actually a life. Mm. Um, and there's a lot that kind of is involved with that. So I did actually, I took 18 months to really think about it. I spoke to my family. I spoke to my friends. Um, I spoke to people I went on dates with. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that I think some people would be like "Mm." yeah uh, yeah no it was fine but um you know and so yeah so it was it was it was good but so the first things first that you have to do is you have to go and get um a hormone level test Mm. so they do like blood tests to see where your hormone levels are at 
Um, and that's when they say to you, yeah, we think you've got good hormone levels. We think you don't. Um, and then the next test is um, they count your egg follicles. Oh, wow. Which is like, like if you think of like a beehive, but like your insides, mm. it's so gross. Um, it's like, I don't know whether it's like a ghost skull or a beehive, but anyway, I just hated it. And they're like, do you want to see? And I'm like, yeah, no, I really don't. Um, and it gets worse as you go on the process because like they get bigger and oh, anyways. Um, but yeah, so then they tell you how many egg follicles you have. Now, I was very lucky. They said that um, the average for women of my age is between six and 10 mm-hmm. on each ovary. On one ovary, I had uh 12 and on the other I had 14. Okay. So like you've got really good follicles. Um, turns out that doesn't always mean anything. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, so they were kind of like, yep, um, we, we like you, we'll continue the process. So then um, they do genetic testing mm-hmm. um, and they take like blood tests um, and from there, when they get, when you get the genetic testing back, um, I don't actually know if they do that for people who just want to um, freeze your egg. I imagine they probably do because yeah. they want to, like, make sure that it's going to be, like, a viable pregnancy. And because this is the other thing, um, they – so I did it through the London Egg Bank. Yeah. And they were really helpful. And they, they like, give you counselling and stuff like that. And um, one of the things I found out that I thought was super interesting is if you take, like, a couple who are in their, like – early 20s, let's say like, she said like 22 or something, peak fertility, neither of them have any fertility issues. They have sex four times a week on average. There's still only an 18 to 22% chance of them getting pregnant every month and having a viable baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the thing is, is it has to be a good egg, has to be a good sperm, has to be like the right time, all those sorts of things. So the percentage of women even getting pregnant is so low. And so like women who are always like, oh, you hear everyone getting pregnant, like, it does really suck for people. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's like a miracle. Anyone gets pregnant half the time. Um, and then when people have miscarriages, it's like, from what they said, it's the body's kind of natural defense mm. because generally it probably means there was something going to be wrong with mm. that fetus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, that's stuff that's just not talked about. Yeah. It's just like, you know. For people who have never heard of this process, but yeah. what does, for some people, I think they would ask, but what does freezing your egg mean is it for you to use is it for other people to use like just clarify that yeah if you can so so with the egg freezing so so when people generally freeze the eggs themselves that's for them um and like so when i when i had it the extraction done and things like that there were obviously other women in the room behind their own curtains and stuff um but like you can kind of hear the doctor saying how many eggs people got and stuff like that and you can tell that like some of these women were even older than me Mm -hmm. um and you know the eggs are for themselves. So I actually spoke to a friend, a friend of my friend. She was going through the process just bef- like probably about six months before I started it um, when I was like in the final stages of making my decision. And she was getting eggs for herself um, because she uh, was in a relationship that was, you know, um, not kind of headed where she wanted child-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so she decided that it just takes the pressure off. So she was 37. She... Um, did the same thing. She froze her eggs for herself. Um, so for me, the way I was doing it, I would keep half of my eggs and then share half of my eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's obviously different ways in which you can do it. So if uh, you're in a relationship and you want to freeze your eggs and you know you're going to have children with that person or you think at that time you're going to have children with that person, you can have um, the eggs inseminated before they're frozen. Mm-hmm. That's when they're most like effective 
Um, but you can still just freeze them just the eggs by themselves and then they get thawed and then... Oh, gosh. You know, that makes it sound... <laughs> so weird. But that makes but, yeah. it sound... But you know when you said... Um, about the extraction yeah i feel like that word makes it sound oh my god yeah. crazier than it is yeah. but or is it you know no, it's pretty crazy okay tell us so like um yeah okay so so oh okay i'll go back to like the rest of the process so anyway so yeah so i had the blood tests they do the dna um testing which didn't really go very well for me um but we can circle back to that yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and so then once they do that then you start getting the hormones so they give you the hormones. They figure out how many, you, how much you meant to take and stuff, um, and you have to inject yourself every day. Mm. And I hate needles. And this is like not where? so like basically just under your belly button. You can kind of draw like a circle around like where your ovaries and stuff would be, mm-hmm. and you meant to alternate each side. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of fine. You just grab a little bit of flab and just <laughs> stick the needle in. But you're still doing it, and it's still like it's not a small needle. It's a long needle. Oh, it's not like the prick ones. It's like a full on. It's not like um you'd see for like a diabetic or anything like that. Yeah. It's like I would say probably just over two thirds of the length of your finger mm-hmm. or maybe half the length of your finger. Maybe I'm getting a bit dramatic, but yeah, I'd say it's at least half the length of your finger. And so you stick it in. It's very thin though. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yes, yeah, so you do that every day and then eventually you have to start taking another um, injection. So you're injecting yourself twice a day and the second needle's a bit thicker. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, so I was doing that for three weeks um, and yeah, it was, it, you know, I ended up getting a couple of bruises and stuff. But then also, as time goes on, because you have to go in for scans and stuff as well, because they mm. have to like monitor to see how. Because what they're doing is they're filling all your egg follicles with fluid mm-hmm. to try and because during like during your normal cycle for a woman, you only release one egg. What they're trying to do is like. Um, make you release more eggs yeah, um, and make them mature. So they give you all the hormones, you go and you get all the scans and you just see all these massive, like, holes. Like, it's so weird on the on the um, ultrasound. But And so then they, um, they give you a trigger injection uh, 36 hours before they're going to extract them. And I remember the day I was going to get them extracted, I was like, oh, well, I'll walk into the hospital, like, get some exercise, you know, because I'm not going to be able to walk for, like, a day mm. um and so I was walking and I was like just having the worst cramps of my life like ever so the trigger I found out after the trigger injection that they give you is kind of effectively like simulating almost in a way contractions because oh, it's like making you release I was like well someone could have told me that first <laughs> I wouldn't have walked <laughs> I remember I got halfway and I was like I'm catching the bus I was just in, and I got there and they're like how are you feeling and I was like not good like this is and they're like yeah that's quite normal I was like oh okay well, thanks someone told me though yeah but um and so then anyway so they um they get you like ready and they put you in the room and then they come and they're like so the way they do it is you know how you get like an internal ultrasound um and that's what they give you to like check all the eggs and stuff so it's like an internal ultrasound wand mm-hmm. um with a massive needle on the end. Oh. And that's how they, like, pull them out. They, like, suction them oh. out. However, thankfully, as long as you've got someone who's going to take you home afterwards, they do give you, um, like, a sedative. So it's not, you're not, so it's actually fentanyl. And I remember, like, you know, you hear all the, like, that's what Michael Jackson and stuff died of, right? And so I was like, oh. but then I remember they gave it to me and I was like, oh, this feels like I'm floating. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing, I just remember waking up and they were like, I mean, we talked about this because I'd just, you'd told me about sex education. Oh, and I yeah. think I'd just like finished watching it like a few days, um, it must have been a few days before. Because I remember like 
She was like, okay, so you're finished now. I'm just going to wheel you back to like the the recovery room. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm in sex education. This is my scene. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like um, and she was like, okay. All right, let's go. I was like, shit. It's like when you see on YouTube those videos when the kids go to the dentist yeah, and they yeah, just yeah. start chatting some rubbish. Oh, so but I was like, where did I think I was? Um, but yeah, so they you you you're, you're pretty much out to it. But when they take them out, but um, yeah. Oh gosh. So that's not. Yeah, I was gonna say because extraction sounds painful. You know, yeah, it does yeah. sound like it was. Um, so I also so so what happened with me, um. So I had 26 follicles on both sides, which they thought was going to be really good. So that's why they were also kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll let you do the don- donation thing because you'll be fine. Because mm-hmm. I was like on the cusp of not being able to do it. Um, and I, because it was so close to my 36th birthday and legally they can't accept them after the age of 36 to be no- donated because mm-hmm. of the quality of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like trying to do everything quite quick. And um, before that I'd had a marina is my contraception. Mm-hmm. So they were also kind of like, oh, you know, um, we're not sure because obviously you've not had like a period for so long, like for 20 years. Um, I know a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, so I had to uh, have that taken out first for a couple of months. And then I decided not to get vaccinated straight away um, because I knew that that apparently messed with people's periods. And so then um, I got COVID. <laughs> I know, so bad. But um, And so then I was like, shit, this is not going to happen. But luckily it did. So they, yeah, so I had 26 follicles. And so when they were like pumping them up with all the hormones, they knew, they could see how many were getting like mature enough because they have certain like measurements that they take to see Mm -hmm. how how big they're getting and stuff. And that's when they know whether it will have a mature egg or not because they can only take mature eggs as well. And so... When they were looking at them, they're like, "Yep, we think we're going to get twenty mature eggs." Um, when I came out and was in recovery, they said to me that I might have something called ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, mm-hmm. um, which is basically where, and you can get this just from being pregnant as well, actually, yeah. um, which is just where there's been too much stimulation. And because of the fact that, so what happens with that, it's really hard to monitor, but you get really bad cramping. I mean, it's when there's been too much fluid and the fluid can travel to your lungs Mm. and it can cause heart attack. It can cause like problems with your lungs. And I was thinking, I've just had COVID. This is not what I need right now. Um, And so, yeah, so they said to me, the reason they think that I have that is because I only got eight eggs and they were expecting 20. They were like, there was like so many like fluid-filled sacs that just didn't have eggs. They don't know whether they were released early. They don't know whether it was because I'd not had a period for so long that perhaps um, they just weren't there. Um, but, yes, yeah, so they were kind of like, yeah, so we got eight. And I was like, oh, that's not ideal. Literally, based on, like, li- literally based on just that, mm. we'll explore that first. But, like, how, you know, this podcast is, you know, we touch on mental health yeah. and so on. But, like, how did you deal with that and how were you feeling at that time? I mean, I feel like, like in the moment when they told me, I was a bit like, oh, I think he must be wrong. Um, I fully was like, he's wrong. I'm in a lot of pain right now. <laughs> I've got the worst cramps ever. Um, so she had a ne- like needle pulling out eggs. I was like, I just wanted to go home. Mm. Um, and so then I went home and I think, I think I processed it a bit, 
but I, I, I definitely was not like, I was like, oh, that really sucks. Um, and I think when things like that happen with me, I tend to take a bit of an ostrich approach to things and just bury my head in the sand. And I'm like, just stuff it down. Not stuff it down a bit, but like, I I don't really talk to people. I'm kind of like, I need to process that first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just don't think I did. Um, and so then I was like, oh, well, maybe I should just keep them all. So I reached out to them and I was like, oh, well, should I just like, can I just buy them all? And they're like, yeah, you can just buy them all if you want to. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do that. And then um, just didn't really respond to them. They're like, so do you want to? And I was like, I'm just not going to think about it for a while. I'll just leave that in the corner. Um, But then it got worse (laughs) because then they reached out to me and they're like, so like, what did you want to do? Did you want to keep them all or did you still want to donate some? And I was like, no, actually, I still want to donate some. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, cool. So, and I was like, but like, I haven't actually spoken to anyone like about it. Like there's been no follow up. And they're like, oh, okay, sorry. We'll get a doctor to call you. And they're like, yeah, so you got four. I was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, so four each. And they're like, no, no, no. So you've got two. I was like, what? Oh, wow. So yeah, so it like went from bad to worse, really. But like, so when I spoke to the doctor, what he kind of said to me was, is he was like, that doesn't mean that you like that your fertility is bad. It just mm-hmm. means that the situation, like this time, he was like, quite often what happens is because it's the first time, we don't always get as many as we think we're going to. Mm-hmm. He was like, it could be because you obviously like had the marina for so long, so the the lining of your uterus was thin. Yeah. Um. So he was like, yeah, it could have been anything really. Oh um, my gosh. So you know that I don't remember the wording, but the syndrome mm. syndrome. That you said you oh, had. ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, yeah. So is that something that you have to, let's say you, you're dating, mm. is that something you have to, you should tell your the person or is there anything, no. is, has there been any implications of this process where you found out like, okay, I have to tell this person that, I don't know. Like, yeah. Is, has there been any sharing of that? Yeah, so so with the, I mean, first and foremost, I think like one thing I definitely was telling people when I was going through the, like, so when I was going for it, like, especially when I was taking the hormones and stuff, I was, like, not dating anyone because I was, like, I do not, like, could you imagine? Oh, like, we're going to get onto the hormones. Tr- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you're trying, to, you're trying to do, like, all these hormone things and then you end up getting pregnant like that octop... Octuplet? The woman who had like eight kids. Oh, octuplets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you end up having loads of kids, and I just didn't want that. So I, I didn't, I didn't really date anyone when I was like going through through the hormones and stuff. But when I was leading up to it, and I knew what I was going to do, because it is a bit of a long process. Like, so to get the DNA testing done is a minimum of a month to get the results back. Mm. Um, so I didn't have to share about the ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, um, because that is only kind of at the time and like now it's all past, it's all gone, it's fine. Um, but when I did the DNA testing, so because they were like, yeah, your hormone levels are great, I was like, nailed it. Um, oh, you got loads of follicles, like way more than normal for your age. I was like, nailed that. This is like going to be a bloody breeze. And then they come back and they're like, with the DNA testing, they're like, oh, so you need to have a conversation with the doctor. And I was like, does that mean there's something wrong? And the like the... Uh, person who I was dealing with was like oh I don't know what it means but you just need to speak with them and I was like it bloody means there's something wrong like yeah. when's the quickest appointment so I spoke to the doctor and she said so your DNA testing has come back and um you do not have this condition I was like okay but what's what, what do you mean and condition? she's like however you are a carrier of spinal muscular atrophy and so I'm just like I knew what um uh, muscular dystrophy is, mm-hmm. 
but I didn't know what my, and I know that that can be quite bad for some people, um, but I didn't know what spinal muscular atrophy was, so I'm busy trying to Google and just also like, oh, what does that mean? She's like, oh, it's fine. All it means is that if you have a child with someone who is also a carrier of this genetic mutation, um, there is a 50% chance that the child would be born with it, a 50% chance that the child would be uh, born as a carrier, mm-hmm. and then a one in four chance that the child would be born with neither, like not being a carrier and not having it. And I was like, well, those are pretty shitty odds. Like, And I remember like telling my two best friends in like a voice note, and one of them, she lives back in New Zealand now, she was a bit drunk and she messages back and she's like... Oh, I mean, that's fine. Like, that's all good. They're basically saying, other than this, your eggs are perfect and that there's only like a one in a million chance for this. Oh, no, wait, they said like two and four. Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think you're trying to be helpful, but you're not. You're not being helpful right now. <laughs> no, no. Oh, but yeah, so that is something. And I, th- I think like more so than anyone I was dating at the time, it was more, and like obviously, it's something I think about going forward. But like telling my family, I I took probably over a month to tell them. Really? Yeah, because like obviously, I got this from my mum and dad, yeah. or like from one of the, and I, they probably didn't know. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was like, surely that means it's been carried right? potentially through. Yeah, and like um, and also my sister's trying to have another baby at the yeah. minute, and so I remember I put it in our family chat. My sister comes back with, "Oh, I hope you're the only one with that." <laughs> And then she comes back with, just kidding, hope you're okay. Um, Yeah, my brother said nothing, standard. But then um, my mum, I remember she messaged me privately and she was like, oh, I don't know where that's come from because no one in the family has a history of that. And I kind of messaged back as polite as I could, yeah, but mum, have you and dad been tested to see if you carry anything? Because I I only know this because I've been tested. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah. So it's not, I mean, I feel like it's not like a massive thing. Um, It definitely could have been worse. Obviously it could have been better. But, um, yeah, but like now it is kind of like, hey, so we've been dating for three months. Want to get a test to see if you carry this genetic mutation in case we decide to have a child and it might get this condition? <laughs> like, It's not what you expected to say on your first date, I'm sure. No, I mean, I don't know. I've, it's probably something I would say on a first date, but I've not, yeah. I mean, it's it's not anything I've needed to think about yet or deal with yet. But I think, I think like when I do have children, it kind of almost takes the fun out of it in a way because it's like I would like to know so it's like, do, do you ask the person to get tested first? Do you get them to get tested after you're already pregnant and be like, hey, but I like, might what be would being, you do? I'm, I might be being a bit naive, though, because mm. you're saying it's a condition, but a condition that you didn't know about, and how does it affect you on a day-to-day? Yeah, so it's like, so it's one of those um, conditions where there's varying degrees of it. Okay. So, yeah, so that's the other thing. So um, obviously at the first I was like, what does that even mean? Like, just thought the worst, but... um. Basically, for someone who has, like, it very mildly, mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't really notice. You So what it means is that, like, the muscles don't um, condense properly to the bones. People can get muscle atrophy anyway. Um, I think I've got it sometimes from bloody sitting down during COVID. Um, but, like, with spinal muscular atrophy, it, all, it, it like, you're born with it, mm-hmm. and it generally affects the spine and the leg muscles. And so it means that they don't fuse properly. Um, or something like that, and then if it's if it's like low level, 
you kind of don't really notice. You might need some physical therapy throughout your life, but you lead a relatively normal life, normal life expectancy. Um, for people with very badly, like never walk, will never walk, confined to a wheelchair and mm-hmm, lower life mm-hmm. expectancy. Okay. Um, so, but it's one of those things as well. You don't know what yeah. what level it will be. The bit that I think is really, all of it's important. Mm. Let me just get that out of the way. Mm. But the hormones, mm. especially because I work with you and we have had multiple conversations and you'll just be like, if you don't mind me sharing, yeah, you'll just be totally like, fine. yeah, I'm not having a good day today. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll be like, I, I feel emotional. And it's mm. like, there's two things here. I feel like I'm able, I don't know what you're going through because mm. I'm not going through the same process as you, but I can have that conversation with you and be like, do you need to log off? Do you need yeah. to do this? Sorry, I'm not trying to shade men at all. <laughs> but if you don't have an open yeah. manager, actually, mm. of any of any sex, yeah, 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 who's willing sure. to be like, this is a lot for you, like mm. because of your hormones. Mm. Like, first of all, first thing, let's get into the how deep have the hormones been? Mm. Um, how do you feel in, in those areas? And then after that, like, I'm not trying to talk about necessarily our work mm. relationship, but I think it's good to have someone who is open to the fact that hormones aren't just a thing that yeah. happen during your period. Oh, you know? for sure. Bugs me. But mm. firstly, how, how, yeah, how, what's the extent of the hormones and, yeah. and how they fluctuate? So, I mean, I think the thing that's like, like, so as I said, I've had a marina for, since I was like 16, 17. So I had it out for a year once, but I don't really remember that. That was like, <laughs> like five years ago. <laughs> I had a nap since then. But, um, but yeah, like, so I think because my body had been, so marina, um, is like a coil, but it emits a hormone. Mm-hmm. So um, never had a period. Like I st- had cramps sometimes and stuff, but like I was very much on a baseline with hormones. Like synthetic hormones was just, I never had them. I was like, this is great. What's everyone moaning about? Um, and then when I had it, when I had the marina taken out for the first couple of months, I don't think I really noticed. My period was so light. I didn't like even need to use anything. I was very lucky. Yeah, um, very lucky. And yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, I do, do know I'm lucky with that. But, um, but when I started taking the hormones, at first, I don't think I really noticed. I was just a bit like, oh, this is a bit fun, isn't yeah. it? Like nothing even <laughs> happens. What are people are on about? But then I remember there was this one day and I was like sitting at my kitchen table which is where I work from when I'm working from home and I just started crying and I was like why am I crying I couldn't I couldn't understand why I was just had like sobbing not Mm. even like just sobbing and then I was just so angry at myself because I couldn't stop I was was like I'm I'm not even crying like about anything Mm. and you know and then I was just so angry and then all of a sudden I was just happy and it was just a roller coaster in the space of about three hours and I was like oh this is not normal um and then yeah like it just it was it was a massive roller coaster and ever since then I think now my like period and stuff and like hormones have just come back with a vengeance like (laughs) my most recent monthly cycle um I was sick, like, as, as you know, like, I was off a day because I was just couldn't move because of cramps, was vomiting, oh, like, and I literally just, yeah, it was just such a, like, up and down of being just really sad for no reason. Like, I messaged to all my friends the other day, and I think, you know, still just coming out, because I think that's the other thing as well. We think that your hormones are just when you 
have your period. Yeah. Oh my God, they are not. Like the things I've learned, like there is, ov- so you, there's a thing called ovulation pain, which is like when you're ovulating and like your boobs are actually meant to get sore and it's a sign that you have ovulated, which is good. Um, but yeah, like all these different things, different times of the month and stuff. But I was just messaging to my friends the other day and I was like, I just feel sad. And I, it's annoying because I've got no reason to feel sad, but I know it's probably yeah. my hormones. Like So annoying. So annoying. And I think... People don't necessarily, I mean, I didn't get it. Like, I, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I can empathise. I'm quite an empathetic person, so I could be like, oh, that really sucks, but I don't get what you're talking about. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, that really sucks, and I get it. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it is hard because for people who don't experience it, who don't experience bad periods, who don't experience hormone fluctuation, um, yeah, it, it would be very difficult to understand. I can see that but yeah I think you know you I mean and it's not even just hormones you never know what anyone's going through so you should always deal with things with empathy I personally think but like yeah it's it's hard it would be it would be very hard to be in that situation with someone who wasn't understanding who 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 didn't get it to a degree I think yeah um so in your case the way you're the way you're doing things how mm. does it work like okay let's say you're seeing someone now you're Mm. in a relationship now which I am how what does that mean like if you two wanted to try and conceive which you can normally yeah which we definitely don't at the moment but yeah yeah, obviously not trying to no pressure but like if you wanted to you could still do that then what happens to the eggs so this is the other thing so in the uk um so this is the other thing every country is different Mm -hmm. um with how they deal with uh freezing eggs and stuff like that a lot of women um in the uk from the research i did tend to go to uh the netherlands Okay. Because um, they just have a really good program there with the way in which they do it. Um, and uh, in the UK, eggs can be frozen for up to 10 years unless you have a medical reason, uh, which is generally that, um, and this is for like younger, like younger, younger women who they know that they've got fertility problems and yeah. then they can be frozen for up to 55, which I think is a bit weird. But anyways, um, I don't yeah. make, I don't make the rules, but um. But, yes, yeah, so they can be frozen for up to 10 years, and after that, they're gone. Um, and so, yeah, so for 10 years. Um, but, okay. it, like, yeah, I can I can use them if I want to. I, I have to – so whilst it was free for me to freeze them because I've shared part of them, when I want to go and use them, I then have to pay for them to be, like, inseminated mm. and then uh, – or, like – Fertilized, maybe I don't know what it's really called. The insemination is when it goes back in you, isn't it? I guess fertilized, like they put the sperm in and fertilize it. But yeah, but um, so yeah, so that's another process altogether, and you have to take hormones again for that because mm, you have to be at a certain level. Um, but yeah, I'm not asking you to go by the pound, but on the level of how expensive this yeah. process is. So so um, by the pound, so for, it depends where you go. Um, but so for the clinic I went to, if I had paid for it all up, it would have been four and a half thousand pounds for the first go. And that's irrespective of how many eggs you get. You could get mm. none. Like, and that's the thing that's really tough. And so they say um, for like how many eggs to get. So the thing is as well is I'm probably going to relook at it, I reckon, at the end of this year and maybe do it again, Mm -hmm. depending on what my hormone levels and my egg follicles are like, because like they say that to have a good amount, you probably need between um, like 12 and 15. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, all you need is one. All you need is one to take, but you don't know how many are going to, like, when they're thawed, they're going to, like, 
not work. Yeah. I don't want to say die because it's not a... No, I don't mean that. But I feel like this is why, in my opinion, it's so so important, sorry, Mm. because I feel like, as you said, when you're put on this earth as a woman and the expectation is you should be able to have children and you should do it early and Mm. you, like... I understand why people feel, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, like they feel like defeated mm. if they can't or if they don't choose. Mm. Not even that they choose. Like if their body doesn't choose to do things in the way that people intended it mm. to go. So I feel like it's really important to like understand, talk about it. And obviously your experience is probably, I mean, not probably, it's definitely different to everybody else who's trying or thinking of trying it. Mm. But like, what would you say is probably one key takeaway you've taken like from this whole experience that you could share with someone I mean it's definitely I think a key takeaway for me is it's not going to be what you think it is and I think that's the key takeaway for me from the whole kids thing in general when I was 16 I was like by the time I'm 26 I'm going to be married and have three children May I thought that by the twenty, by the time I was 23 I'd be married with like yeah. three kids by now yeah 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 and it's like that's not what's worked out but don't get me wrong I am happy for me that's not what's worked out because I could have gone down that road definitely could have glad I chose not to um but like yeah I think the whole ch- like as you say like I think as a woman it's put on you you're here to have children and if you don't yeah. have children you've not succeeded at being a woman yeah um and I think as I say like for me that is the stereotype that needs to change because mm-hmm. you know people are asked oh you're in your 30s and you don't have kids like what's wrong there must be something wrong with you it's like no I just don't want them yet yeah um and as I say like the whole that's part of the reason why I chose to share is because people who can't have kids you know like I'm not using my eggs so someone should if they want to mm. um you know but yeah. I have a question on that actually yeah, so I think some people would again this is not my views but I feel like some people would be like oh I don't want to share my eggs because then potentially there's like a child out there that I don't know who is mine or mm. whatever I feel like you have to detach yourself from that and mm. put yourself in the position of you're helping someone else have another mm. child like is that your view or what is your view on that so I think it is a difficult one because, I mean, I'm I, like, I'm my parents' child. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I was not adopted, um, so I know where I come from. Now I don't know what it would be like. I cannot be in like this shoes. You can't of, guess it. Yeah, yeah can't guess it. Can I can't guess. can't guess that if I was adopted, whether I'd want to know where I was from. And whilst obviously, um, you know, like someone like. Ha- having a child from someone else's egg is different to a child being adopted. It's still similar-ish in a way. Yeah. So they, they're really good. They make you, well, they don't make you, but they really suggest you have a counselling session, which I did. Um, and they're really great in the way that they pitch it. They say that to, so in the UK, you don't um, have to legally tell someone if they're born via sperm or egg donation. Mm. But if you do tell them from the age of 18, the child that is born legally has a right to the information of the person who donated mm. the sperm or the egg. Okay. So that's something I had to be like, okay, am I okay with yeah, that? Yeah, Um. So, you know, it's up to me whether I want to keep my information updated, um, which I would. But as I say, that's why I talked to my family about it and stuff yeah. first because I was like, this would affect you too. Yeah, Like it's effectively... It's true. My, yeah, my sister has a child. Like it's effectively, you know, the same the same genetics. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that, so um, some studies have shown that when a woman carries a child, if it's from a donated egg, 
whilst it's not whilst it's the genetics of you know the the sperm mm-hmm. and the egg because it's in the carriers like the womb as well yeah. it's the it's the genetics of all three because the blood and stuff that mm. goes into it so i think it's kind of nice in a way to look at look at it like that for me donating my eggs is not that's not my child that's like i've donated some cells to you it's no different to donating a kidney or a lung which i hopefully don't ever have to do but um especially not a lung but like you know what I mean um but yeah so I think like that's the thing is that you've got to fully detach yourself however if a child is born from it I want to fully be prepared to be and they want to come yeah be like hey so you're my genetics like can I meet you whatever I want to fully be prepared for that too yeah, because sure. I think that is unfair for me to be like yeah I'm happy to do that but I want nothing to do with you mm-hmm. as I say each to their own and I don't you know, think I think if people don't want to do that, that's also fine because you've still helped someone achieve yeah. their dream of having yeah. a child. But um, I f- also feel like no one asks to be here. So if someone wanted to find out their genetic history and it was from my egg, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then a question I yeah. have for you as well is in terms of, because you mentioned like you are in a relationship and so on. Yeah. How was that conversation like? Yeah. Did you just be like, hey, yeah, just to let you know, I'm freezing my eggs or like, oh. how did it come up? Or did you feel like, did you feel weird? No, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I've fully told him about the donating them. <laughs> oh, OK. Hopefully I think I might have mentioned it. I'm not fully sure. But like, it was actually really funny. Oh, um, I'm going to say it anyway. Bugger it. But um, so <laughs> we talked about it. We were like... Um, so I told him very early on. I was like, "Oh yeah, I've frozen my eggs." And then when we were talking about something, we weren't we weren't using a condom as contraception. I was like, oh, "By the way, I should tell you, I'm not actually on birth control at the minute. So like, you know, let's just keep doing the pull out thing." Blah blah blah. And he was like, "Oh, you know, that's fine though." I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Well, because you've had your eggs frozen." And I was like, "Oh no, yeah." <laughs> I was like. What, what do you mean though? And he was like, "Well, don't you have to get them put back in? Like, if you're going to have a baby?" I was like. I still don't really get what you mean. He's like, well, you don't have any eggs. (laughs) Oh, this is why you have to talk about things. No, but you know what? You get it. I was telling one of my girlfriends about it and she was like, yeah, Yeah. you'd have to get them put back in. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you're a woman. No, but this is why you have to talk about it because I'm sure people don't know. I mean, as I say, I didn't know. People might think you freeze the eggs inside you. Yeah. I don't know how, but... For sure. Anything's possible. Technology is a bit crazy nowadays, so it wouldn't surprise me if that does... Oh, about. I know it's it's crazy the things they can do for sure but yeah like I mean people don't know what they don't know and yeah but but so yeah I don't know if I've told him um he'll hear this and now he'll know that time it's so interesting have but I mean it's it's one of those things like so when I when I first started doing the process actually um I was uh seeing a guy for a long lead up up to it when I like when I going back the 18 months when it first came into my mind to do it to do the eggs freeze and share and I told him and he and he was so against it. He mm. was like, That's weird, that would be your kid out in the world and I was like, It wouldn't though. Like it's not it's not like I've had sex with anyone. It's not there there has been no part yeah, of me other than some about it, aren't they? Yeah. But um and so obviously stopped seeing him. Um and then when I was dating, when I was first doing it, um I like there was a couple of guys I went on dates with and I told them and they're like oh that's a really nice thing to do actually to donate them like but yeah and I feel like ultimately it's one of those also look the eggs might never get chosen you know mm. what I mean they might be chucked in the rubbish in 10 years time so you know oh, gosh. 
No, it's so much to take in though, but I feel mm. like it's important to have the conversation at least. Because for mm. me, I'll never forget that day. It was just like on Zoom and I was like, shut up. Is it? <laughs> so what happens? Did it? And I feel like this is kind of how I learn and think mm. about things. So I think it's really important. And even after this, that moment, having that conversation with you, I've spoken to other friends and something I looked into was a fertility MOT. Yeah. Like, I've never been pregnant. I don't know what it means. I don't know if I can have children. I don't, mm. I literally don't know. But because you're told that this is something your body should do, like man and woman, mm. like this is something your body should do, mm. you don't question that it shouldn't do until it doesn't. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And I 100%. think I reached out to that company just to, just to understand like what it is. And I mean, I haven't heard back, which I'm not very happy about. I've contacted oh. twice. But the point is like, I don't have children. Yeah. I don't know if I can have children. Mm. I'd rather try and find out now mm. than wait and then find out that I can't. Yeah, and because I think that's the thing as well, is that like that's what people don't talk about. Like what is drilled into women is don't have sex or you'll get pregnant or be on birth control, otherwise you'll get pregnant. And like you, women spend so many years of their lives trying not to have a baby because they don't want to have it at the right time. And then when they try to, they can't for whatever reason. And I think like the thing is, is that we put so much pressure on ourselves mm. when you do want to have a baby because you just think, oh, it's instant going to happen because it happens in the movies instantly and it happens to friends instantly and stuff but as I say for the majority of people that isn't what happens Mm. um so yeah so I think no one talks about it no one talks about that no one talks about the difficulty of it no one talks about all the things like that no one talks about death true no one talks about the miscarriages Mm. like I'm not saying nobody but I'm saying it's hardly like it's like oh come on cheer up or come Mm. on be positive and Mm. it's like I'm being real right yeah, now. Like exactly. this is how I feel right now. This yeah. is what I know right now. Mm. So you telling me to be positive actually doesn't help me. Yeah. Like so I feel like I really appreciate the fact that we've been able to have this conversation. Mm. And I know I asked you what would you say to someone? Mm. But like what would you like not say to someone? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say to not say to someone is it's going to work out. Yeah, because that's the thing. I would not say to someone it's going to work out because I thought, like, I honestly thought, oh, I'm going to go do this. It's going to like, and then they're like, it's it takes long. It's a long process. Um, and so if you think you're going to do it, do it sooner rather than later mm. because that's the thing. Is as I say, I was kind of like I'd made my decision. I was like, sweet, I've got like six months until I turn 30, 36 or seven months or something. And so I started and it was very much like mm, on the cusp of whether it, and then it didn't work out how I thought it was going to. And as I say, I'm lucky that like, hopefully I can go back in a year or like in six months or whatever and do it again Mm. and keep all the eggs myself and get more. But I just don't know. So I would say what I would not say to someone is that it's going to work out how you think it is. Because, as I I mean, that's life in general, right? But I was going to say, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, when you look at things, you're like, oh, just go for it. You don't want to regret it. Yeah. I think if I flip it into this situation, it's kind of like, just do it. So that if if anything, you've got it. You don't want to get there and be like, oh, I I wish I knew X years ago that I could do X, Y and Z. But I really hope that they start to put this in like... Not just this, but quite a few things in, like, just mm. the school curriculum. Yeah. Like, all I learned about sure. in year seven, which probably doesn't translate to the years that we're in New Zealand, but, like, the first year of secondary school, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was, like, periods, mm. tampons, mm. toxic shock syndrome. syndrome. yeah. 
But that's all I rem- I remember that because yeah. I remember being like, that is the most frightening thing yeah. that can happen to anyone. And yeah. it's like, actually, there's so much more, but we're not told. Oh my God. And if people were educated on these things, they'd probably make more informed decisions rather than getting to the point and then being like, oh, that's not going to work for me now. Yeah. Oh, I'm 37. I can't do it now. Yeah. Like, so I, for me, I felt like, do you know what? This is something that I want to talk about. And speaking to someone who just is effortless, effortless to speak to, I don't understand why mm. we don't have these conversations more. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. I think it's because there's still there's still so much taboo around women taking charge of their own bodies. Um, I mean, that's a long conversation, but that's a like whole another, that's a whole sure. retreat of conversations. Yeah, definitely. But I think that's the thing is that like, you know, people. Sh- still like shy away from the fact that women want to take control of their own bodies that like women are even like you know even going more into it are, like not just here to have babies but like you know like it, women are like sexual beings and stuff as well it's not just about having a child and like mm. that's why it's hard for people to conceive sometimes is because they literally just try and have sex to have a baby and it's like well no like put the fun back into it like and all those sorts of things but I think it's just seen as women should have children at a certain age and that's that's how it should be. And, and it should happen for everyone. And that's not that's not realistic. All I can say on that is no matter what happens, just take charge of your own life because you get judged yeah. anyway. Someone sure. will ask you, when are you going to have a baby? You have the baby. Yeah. When are you going to have another one? Yeah. You have the other one. Mm. When are you going to do this? Mm. You do it. Like yeah. they're going to have an... An opinion of what it is that yeah. they want you to do, but half the time, if you look at those people, mm. what are they doing? And do you know, do you know what as well though? Like, so I remember um, someone said to me once, "Is that people's opinions of you are none of your business?" And it's so true. And I think the thing is, is it's that hard, you, though. it's so hard, and you don't realize until you get older. And I, that's like, I definitely had people whose opinions of me, like donating you, were like, "That's a really dumb idea." And I was like, "Yeah, but that's fine. That's that's your life. That's you. Like mm. that, you know." And don't get me wrong, like. There, there would tie, as I say, they might not get chosen, but if they do, there was a big part of me that was like, shit, what happens if I donate my eggs and then one of them gets used and then I meet my perfect guy and he's like, nah, I don't want to be with you because you've got, you got genetics it. out in the world and that's weird. Well, do you know what? He wasn't the right person for me. He could have been perfect, but if he doesn't, if he if he has an issue with that, well, that was never going to work. You know mm. what I mean? Because this is how I see the world. Helping people is a great thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I fully wholeheartedly agree with that. Like at the end of the day, everyone's got their own thoughts and opinions of you. You're not going to change them no matter what. So just do what's best for you. And like when it comes to women's you know, reproductive systems, it should mind be... Mind your business. Yeah, mind your business, exactly, <laughs> yes. Cheers to that. Literally. Okay, so mm. last thing from you, like any final thoughts that you want to wrap up with today? I mean, I would just say don't be afraid of having a conversation with someone about it. And if you can't talk to a family member, talk to a friend. And if you can't talk to a friend, find a support group. There are so many out there. Contact a clinic, ask them. And as I would say, as I say, it is unfortunate for women that we do have, as they call it, a ticking clock, but Mm. we do. Um, And so I think the thing is, is that if you want to make that clock last longer, you, you can do it. And unfortunately, yes, it is a little bit costly, but, as you say, it's like an insurance policy that hopefully you never have to use, but why not make it available to yourself if you can? Yeah, for mm. sure. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you for, like, 
given us all of this all of this wisdom at the same no, time no. I want to remind people that we're not health professionals this is Laura's experience <laughs> Laura's experience is not going to be your experience but either exactly. way I feel like this will definitely help people out there so all I can say is thank you no worries thank you for having me and I hope it has helped or does help someone 